So Devin, I made a uh, a purchase on Amazon. It oh. arrived in the mail. Whoa! All right, all right. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I have moments where yeah. I I I. Uh, I should I should rephrase this because because yeah, I'm the I don't even I don't even know where you're going but I'm already getting like <laughs> vibes of uh, Lars and the real girl. Uh, well, when I say moments, my wife is like, no weekly occurrences. <laughs> so I I'll say I have moments where I fixate on mm. something and I have to yeah. know everything about it yeah. and I just like yeah. you know money might be involved right. as I yeah purchase items to help me sure like I'm a learner Devin yeah. Yeah. I'm a learner yeah. Lifelong learner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I bought um, a, it's basically the first volume of a multi-volume series of books okay. on Canon Films, okay. which was had its heyday uh, in the 1980s. And it, it's by a guy named Austin Trunick. And I bought volume one of yeah. the Canon films from 1980 to 1984. Wow. The book is over 500 pages. Wait, what? It's over 500 pages. But get what? this volume yeah. two. I was like, well, I want to get volume two now. <laughs> and so I looked on Amazon. It's $50. What? It's over a thousand pages. That is nuts. It's so one of the movies like that Canon yeah. made. Yeah. And and if, for those of you who are like like Canon pictures like like Cobra was a Canon film, <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> the the last American Virgin was sort of a cult film. I remember that. It I never was, saw it, but it, I remember it. Yeah. It's one of those weird. I team. thought it was me to be honest with you, but <laughs> <laughs> it's like is this a bio? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it 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 was a Canon film, like. There was a movie with Brooke Shields where they believed, like the guys, the producers of of, of Canon Films, they thought this movie's going to win Academy Awards. Whoa. It's called Sahara. It has Brooke Shields in I it. I remember that. It's horrible. <laughs> so it's almost like these producers are tone deaf yeah. to the culture. Yeah. Yet they just made movies like crazy. And sometimes... It was like catching lightning in a bottle mm, yeah. of just awesome badness. Yes. And one of the films was <laughs> recommended in the book, oh. and I found access to it oh. on Tubi, T-U-B-I. Yeah, it's like a streaming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Enter the Ninja. Enter the Ninja. Enter Not the enter Ninja. Enter the Dragon, Exit the Tiger, whatever it was. Yes, yes. It's enter yes. the Ninja. Enter the Ninja. There's Revenge himself. of the Ninja wow. is the sequel. Wow. And then there is Ninja 3, The Domination, wow. which is all it is <laughs> loosely related series. But I had my little ninja kick when yeah. I was, uh, no pun intended, uh, when I was like in the, the early 80s, when I was like in elementary, junior high, I sure. wanted to I wanted yeah. to punch things. Yeah. I wanted to like bend reality to like right. kick some booty. Naturally. And it's, it's really funny, Devin. So as I'm watching Enter the Ninja, yeah. there is an actor in it who is the villain in Enter the Ninja, but he's the hero in Revenge of the Ninja. Different character, though? Uh, yeah, different okay. character. Well, naturally. So okay. this guy's name is Shokasugi. Okay. He was... Get zoom tight. He was... <laughs> I don't know if we should say... <laughs> um, he was a really gifted martial artist. And in Japan, like, his story is mind-blowing. Yeah. Like, when he was a kid, he... It's like out of a movie. 
he started training with this old guy that lived down on this pier. I've seen this before. Right? Wax on, wax on. He learns yeah. nin- ninjutsu from this guy. Ninjutsu? Is that Ninjit- a real thing? I think so. Wow. And Shokasugi's training. He's a kid he, around, I think he's around 12, 13 years old. Wow. The guy just disappears. Whoa. Never found him again, but trained under this guy. Anyways, he was a world-class, knew a bunch of different martial arts. Yeah. Kind of moved into the Hollywood world as a court fight choreographer, okay. did some stuff okay, uh, in the 70s. But then Canon Films got a hold of him, and he did. He was the villain in Enter the Ninja. But all that to say yeah. is I had a friend that lived in my neighborhood. Yeah. And he was one of those types of kids that had the stuff that you wanted to play with. Mm. But he was sort of a jerk. Right. So you yes. sacrificed his jerkdom right. to play with his stuff. But yeah. he was a nin he wanted to be a ninja. Okay. So in his room, he had like like size, like yeah. the weapons, nunchucks, yeah. wow. samurai katanas. Like what? he had the samurai swords. He had everything. And like he went and did karate and all yeah. that stuff. And we just kind of made fun of him. And sure. the joke was until you wanted to use the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And the joke was I just Kick his ass. Like, <laughs> he can't do anything. Well, one day, he's just... And he always was lying. Yeah. Always was making up stuff. Yeah. Poor guy. I mean, <laughs> his name's Todd. And so Todd is lying. He's like, hey, um, Shokasugi's coming to my house today. And we we're like, what the fuck ever? Shokasugi ain't coming to your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Give me a break. You yeah, know, we were yeah. just like, just crushing this kid. Yeah. I mean, the whole neighborhood boys. Right. We were just like, well, get a load of Todd today. He's saying Shokasugi. Because we all had watched Enter the Ninja. Right. And I think Revenge of the Ninja had been out at that point, but Ninja 3 The Domination was not yet released. Anyways, all that to say. Is Shokasugi comes to Todd's house. What? No. Pulls up in a limo. What? It was something that he won at his karate dojo. Like he won this little like raffle or something. And show pulls up in a limo, comes through our neighborhood. We're like, what's this? And we all run down to Todd's house. Shokasugi gets out of the car. Our minds were blown. They take a picture together. And we were just like, how is this guy? That is crazy. Yeah. Well, because he, he won a raffle. He didn't do anything for it. He just <laughs> bought a raffle ticket. But he did. But he was world? he was the hero, man. Wow. And, and, uh, I have no idea what happened to him. He, so he, did you get to meet him? We, we just gathered around. Big crowd. Okay. Yeah. He kind of waved to us, smiled, thumbs yeah. up, did uh, like a kick. Yeah. Did like a jumping spin roundhouse, like Van Damme kind of thing. Yeah. We were like, what? And then got in the limo and drove off? And then he was there for 15 minutes and then left. <laughs> wow. And we were blown. I mean, we yeah. were like junior high and we yeah. were like, Todd. But now Todd's like. Todd's it. Yeah. So we allowed him into the fort we had wow. built in the woods behind our houses. <laughs> we, Poor you know. Todd. He, I, yeah. He just wanted friends. Mm. He just wanted friends. Wow. So. That's fascinating. He, But he raised the stakes. Yeah. I don't know how he did it. A year later. Yeah. I think the actor's name was Ernie Rice Jr. Okay. Rice Jr. Something like that. Yeah. He was a kid martial artist. He's okay. the kid in Red Sonia. Okay. That um, teams up with Brigitte Nielsen yeah. and like, yeah. yeah. And he comes to the neighborhood too. What? And so I that one I don't remember as well because yeah. I just caught the tail end of it. Yeah. But like a buddy, Blake, that lived behind me, come banging on my door. And he's like, 
this Ernie Race Jr. I think is his name, Ernie Reyes Jr. or something like that. He's at Todd's house. What in the so Todd we run down there, and by the time we got there, he was kind of finishing up. Yeah. So I don't know if he run won another raffle or. Um, it so was crazy, dude. Here's what I and the listeners are thinking at this point, Jeremy. <laughs> That I'm drunk and this is all a lie. That's possible. No, no, quite the opposite. Although that is a distinct possibility. Um, when are we going to have Todd on the show? That's my question, Jeremy. It's time to reach out to Todd, yeah. make amends, and and have Todd on the show. Um, yeah, I think it's only right. I need it, to this get could Todd. be like the third raffle that he wins to come on on the show. <laughs> Well, I've done this like I'm middle-aged. I need to reach out to yeah. people I've lost touch with right. because who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. And I'm in that stage of yeah. life. So I, Todd could easily fall into that Facebook messenger. Totally. Who uses that? Yeah. But I'm using it. Yeah. Um, Facebook messenger message yeah. saying, yo, Todd, yeah. come on the show. Tell us about Show Kasugi. It means you're going to have to edit this episode, though, because after <laughs> saying that you just wanted him to play for his toys and you could kick his ass, though, that uh, yeah. you're not, you're not going to make a patron out of him that way. Damn. I know I shouldn't have said it, but it's true. It's awesome though. We all, I think we all had kids like that, right? Yeah. That for whatever reason, they got on our nerves. We just kind of tolerated. Yeah. And if you're thinking back <laughs> listeners, if you're thinking back, who was it in, in, in your group of, of friends? If you can't think of the person, it means you're that person. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's it the, means it's you. That's the litmus <laughs> test right there. There you go. <laughs> All right. Well, this is our our second episode of Be Kind Rewind. And on this episode, we're going to be diving into some apocalyptic films. Nice. So here we go. Be Kind Rewind. I always think of Stephen Hawking. Dr. Stephen Hawking. Rewind. No longer a patron, <laughs> but always in our hearts. Uh, all right. So we got we got some good calls on this show. Oh, nice. Yeah. We got people are still calling in. People are still. I actually truly have two emails I haven't read yet from oh, listeners. So okay. I got to do that today at wow. some point All right. and see what they're nice. either complaining about or, right. or uh, correcting me, or maybe it's, it's questions. Um, I, there's a, a link to like email on that anchor site. So yeah, I guess that's yeah. how they got a hold oh, of it. Oh, nice. So, All right. Anyway. So yeah, I always I'll, enjoy these cause I never know what to expect. Like you keep them kind of, it's, yeah. it's like the, uh, the publisher's clearinghouse winners. <laughs> like nobody knows until they show up at your door. So, uh, well, we have three callers today that yeah. have left messages. Right. Um, I think we need to get to, cause we just did the road warrior, which yeah. was a blast. Mm -hmm. Um, I made a video on YouTube, wow. like a little 10 minute, like Welcome video to 2008. essay. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> and I, it was all about the villains of the road warrior mm -hmm. worked, spent Sunday on it, yeah. like, and, and edited this thing up yeah. and worked on it for a little while. Yeah. And got it up and ready and got it. It got flagged. Oh, and they, they want me to take three minutes out of it. And uh, I'm like, I'm like, what the, f that, that's ridiculous. That's, that's somehow the measure to just reduce it by three minutes. I, yeah. It's wow. like, do you want to cut this whole thing? I'm like, well, I'm talking and it's just footage from the film. Wow. Like, come on. I don't even want much. It's not monetized. I, I, don't even, I don't even understand how that works, especially if it's not monetized since there, there are entire films Available yeah. on YouTube. There's entire films, yeah, so. but also like the clips I used yeah. were from YouTube. 
That's that's the best. <laughs> that's like, the best. Like they're already existing on yeah, YouTube. That's awesome. That have been there for yeah. over eight years. Wow. So I don't know. Wow. And I took trailer footage too, which is bizarre because that should be protected if right. anything. So I'll I'll um I'll raise a stink. But anyways, we we uh we're talking about post apocalyptic films. Uh, we have a, a couple of questions sort of related to that. Yeah. But one of our patrons called in. Okay. And when you're a patron, you get moved to the front oh, of the old genie pass the line. Yeah. And so Tessa, our wonderful patron who lives in South Korea, uh, she uh, she called in. I loved her question. So here's Tessa. Hi, Jeremy. Hi, Devin. My name is Tessa. I'm a longtime listener and longtime friend of Jeremy. Uh, no I points there. Say I'm so happy to listen to your show. Uh, I think my parents don't have a very nostalgic feeling for the 80s, so I didn't grow up watching most of the movies you revisit. Uh, so it's kind of filling in my film literacy uh, where it was lacking. Uh, it's also fun to listen to because right now I live in South Korea, so hearing about the fun part of American culture from a friend is really comforting at times. Uh, and on that note, actually, I also have a question for you. What, if any, are your favorite foreign films of the 80s? Uh, maybe you didn't see them in theaters as a kid, but you watched them later and saw them as kind of embodying the times or they're just great movies that you could recommend. That's all. Thanks again. All right. Thank you, Tessa patron, big patron question coming in. Jeremy, I I consider a lot of adjectives when it comes to this podcast. Comforting is never one that's made my list, Um, but we're, we're we're glad to navigate out into those waters. Um, Yeah. Do you have any films that come to mind? I have two that jump to mind and then, as I'm thinking about it, I, I think I have a, a few foreign others. film from the eighties. It's sort of hard yeah. because it's the nineties where they really start yeah. where it really starts becoming accessible. Yeah. Um, none are coming to mind. Um, in, in fact, like the first, I wouldn't say the first foreign film that I saw, cause it's certainly not, but I think one that comes to mind is from the nineties, which is okay. run Lola run. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is phenomenal. It's um, incredible. I, I, yeah, nothing's coming to mind though. To be honest, let with me you. name a few. Okay, and then right, you, you right. might. The okay. first that comes to mind yeah. was a submarine film came out in 1981 called Das Boot. Sure. Okay. Um, yeah. And yeah. it's Wolfgang Peterson just passed yeah. away, the filmmaker. Yeah. Um, it is a submarine. It's about a German crew. Yeah. Submarine film. The tension in that movie is pretty amazing. Yeah. And it's something that. If I think the sound design won an Academy Award, mm. it's just so claustrophobic yeah. and scary, yeah. and it puts you into like what that experience would be like to be on a U boat, right, um, during the war. Yeah, and I remember it mainly. Cause I saw it in the eighties, and one of the things I remember the most about it was, to my knowledge, at that point, I was a kid. Mm. It was the first non-American view of combat. Yeah. And I was seeing combat from another point of view. Yeah. Yeah, It's entertainment. It's a film, but like that was really formative for me. Yeah. And, and it's a phenomenally edited and made film Yeah, and something that highly recommend if you, if you're into that, like if you're into that type of film, like kind of a suspense war submarine film, there's some great submarine films. Uh, well, I, would put it, I think there. it brings up a question too, yeah. then like 
how are we going to label foreign films from, mm. from an American perspective? Is that anything that just like you're reading subtitles? Because, yeah. you know, obviously we have <clears throat> quote unquote foreign films, anything by Stanley Kubrick could be considered a foreign <laughs> sure, film, right? Sure, sure, sure. Um, but yeah, I think Das Boot's a, a, a great call because I have seen that. So what are some others that are on your list that might jog my memory? Yeah. So uh, Kira Kurosawa, who I was very aware of in the eighties, yeah. um, I had seen probably 88. I saw seven, the seven samurai right. for the first time. Yeah. So I was like almost in high school, right? Yeah. At high, I think it might've been ninth grade. Yeah. I saw that and I was such a cinephile, even as a kid, like I could sit through long cause it's a long black and white film. Yeah. So I was a familiar with Kurosawa. Right. He's this great filmmaker and he made a war movie that's based on Shakespeare called Ran, R-A-N. Okay. okay. And it is uh, epic. It is sort of the Braveheart before there was a Braveheart. Okay. Uh, big, huge, sweeping battle scenes with wow. the, with the samurai fighting. Wow. Nice. Um, I believe it's a retelling of Macbeth, and so it's it's pretty action packed. It is one of the things that really stands out to me to this day. Yeah. Is not only how I mean he had these Kurosawa would have these like extreme wide shots. Mm. Like it's almost like everything felt like an establishing shot right. where you're real far away, but it yeah. created this epic scope yeah. to the film and his characters were so brightly colored. Mm. So you have these like bright red armored samurai fighting, you know, um, those in like blue or, yeah. and yeah. It, it just created this like amazing like color palette and, it almost felt like he was painting as he was making the movie. Wow. It was really crazy. And yeah. I saw that one in, I was in toward the end of high school. So okay. I saw that one in like 91. Yeah. Uh, and so I, that one really jumps out at, at, at me. Do you remember though, a movie that had Meg Ryan and Nicolas Cage called it's like an angel movie i do yeah and like alanis yeah. morissette had yeah. a song for it well yeah it's based on a foreign film called wings of desire okay and uh when when winders made that movie okay um it, you know it's this kind of magical film but it's that same story yeah angel falls in love with a human right working through all right, that right, like right. you know um, but that one is really good. And I actually, that was an 87 film. And I distinctly remember my dad saying, Hey, you need to see this movie. Wow. And I was like, well, what movie is that? And he told me a little bit of the story yeah. and I'm like, Oh, that's cool. Uh. And so somehow I think we might've rented it or something. Yeah. Somehow I watched yeah. it with my dad okay. and, uh, it was, I love my dad for that. He would discover things and be like, Hey, right. like he discovered star Wars who didn't. Right. 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 <laughs> um, but he, he saw when he saw Star Wars, he came home and I was little and he came home and he goes, I just saw the most amazing thing. Wow. I, I have that yeah. vivid memory yeah. and I'm like, and it was before it had like gone crazy. Yeah. And it wasn't the re-release of 78. Right. This is 77. And yeah. um, he and my mom then went. Yeah. And then they took, my dad saw it like four or five times. Wow. Like then took me yeah. and then took me like yeah. four times. So. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, no wings of desire. Great, great film. A lot of anime. There's mm. a movie called Akira that comes mm -hmm. out in yes, 89 with that. Yes. Post-apocalyptic. Right. Uh, I would even include that in one of the questions we get later. It's this kind of post-apocalyptic film. Um, of course it's an anime film and it's super, super influential. Mm. 
Um, but for me, um, probably my favorite yeah. porn film. Yeah. I did not see until 93. Okay. But it came out in 89. It's called The Killer. And mm. It's a John Woo movie. Okay. And so a lot of gun, gun foo yeah. is in yeah. it. Yeah, um, right, right. Very, um, a little bit slower than like his other movies, like Hard Boiled. But like yeah. uh, the final shootout in the church is so batshit crazy. Mm. Um, and it has such a profound influence on like Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Um, yeah. I even think there's a shot in the killer that he uses in reservoir dogs. Really? So yeah, like it just really influenced yeah. by, by that movie. So yeah. those were like, it, a lot of them were genre movies, right? Like there were foreign right. films like, right. that I ended up like latching onto. Yeah. So those, those are the ones for me. I always feel out of my league when we start talking about movies. I'm, and then I, then I wonder like, what the fuck does Jeremy do with his time other than watch movies? Like, how does he fit it into it? I think of my schedule and I think of your schedule. Cause our yeah. schedules like today at this point in our, our yeah. lives aren't all that different with yeah. our commitments yeah. at work and family and all that. I'm just like, yeah. what, what, what was I doing? Cause I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have like a fourth of the knowledge you do when it comes to that. And I'm just thinking, well, I can maybe I was just watching different genres. I have an out with my current schedule because I can always watch something. And go, it's oh, for, it's for it's class. It's for work. Yeah, I'm yeah, preparing. Yeah. I'm yeah. prepping. That's watching what I, this movie. Yeah, when I used to coach football and baseball, that was my excuse to on Sundays. <laughs> yeah, just I'm trying to pick up some new offensive formations. That's right. That's Get right. Get that six-two stack monster going. I have an assignment coming up for my film students that I gotta be careful, but oh. It's a rated R film, and I, I just got in hot water for that recently. And um, it's one though that I will assign. It's Alien, mm. but I'm teaching feminism, and mm. I, I want to teach what like like second wave feminism is, feminism is in movies. Yeah, and I want to ask the kind of like essential question: like, is Alien a feminist film? Because mm. a lot of feminists yeah. at one point said yes, but I think now they're saying no. Interesting. And so I, I want my students to be able to identify what feminist film theory is yeah. by using alien to do that. Yeah, so I love that. And so well, I'm going to have to watch alien here uh, and, again. And, yeah. And, uh, yeah. <laughs> check it out. Right. So. And that, that's fascinating too, because right, like our perspective and our definitions change sometimes radically right over the years. Yo, and that totally. was released in what? 78, yeah, 79, 79 alien, was alien. alien 79. Yeah. And, and so I think, yeah, I'd l I'm anxious to hear what your students come up with. Maybe we can talk yeah. about that on a future. Yeah, that'd be episode. fun. Maybe bring a student on. No, no, let's not. Let's not yeah, let's not. That's, that's how a dare us? Too far. Yeah, <laughs> how dare us? Uh, all right, here's our next caller. Yeah. Hey, fellas, Mike here. A big fan of the show. After listening to your last episode on the Road Warrior, it made me think of a quick question. Is The Road Warrior the best film of 1982? Mm. I think it might be. I, I would love to hear you hear what you guys think. Hey, thanks so much. Love the show. Wow, thanks, Mike. That's an interesting question. Yeah. I, you yeah. know, again, we've talked ad nauseum about 82 just being this Goliath year in yeah. cinema. Um, That's crazy. I'm looking at the list now, and I'm just like, wow. Because where do you year. make the distinction? Because here's it. Because I, I, I have other films of that year that are my favorites. Right. And so I'm trying to think is like, is that just me mashing the nostalgia button? Yeah. Or is it an actual better film? And I think that like, I don't even know how you draw the line with subjectivity and bias and stuff with, within that. But so I, yeah. I, I will say maybe, but it's not my 
personal vote for the favorite film, but what, what about you? <sighs> I mean, this is hard. I, I mean, cause like, I'm just going to read a few. Yeah. Just so our audience can go, okay, yeah. this is what was out in E2. And we've talked about I mean, that's been the theme of our right. second season of Living in the Past right. is films of 82, 92. Uh, Poltergeist, mm-hmm. The Thing, mm-hmm. Blade Runner. Yep. I'm going to name some stinkers that are like kind of fun. Halloween 3, mm-hmm. Season of the Witch, mm-hmm. Creep Show, mm-hmm. which ah, we I would maybe fit that in. That was important I, because it really like gave a legacy, especially when we get into like Tales of the Crypt and stuff that yeah. launched on HBO. Yeah. Um, E.T., mm-hmm. Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Right. Conan the Barbarian. Yep. <laughs> Cat People. Yes. <laughs> Friday the 13th, 3. Mm-hmm. In 3D. In 3D. First Blood. Wow. Here's some others. The Slumber Party Massacre. Mm. Uh, Tootsie. Annie. Yeah. The World According to Garp. Yeah. Tron. Mm. Grease 2. Good night. The Best Picture winner, mm. Gandhi. Wow. The Sword and the Sorcerer, Rocky 3, An Officer and a Gentleman, Sophie's Choice, Ugh. Diner. Wow. The King of Comedy. Uh, let's see what else we got. Pink Floyd, The Wall came out in 82. Wow. Um, my God, 48 hours. We haven't even done, f- what am I thinking? I, I, 48 I hours. Um, the Dark Crystal, Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, The Verdict, which is one of my favorite yeah, Paul Newman films. Great flick. And the classics, The Beastmaster and Firefox. Uh, Mike, it might be easier for us to pick the worst movie of 82 than to try to decide on on the best. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, you got a bunch of Chuck Norris films. Yeah. I mean, the list goes, Swamp Thing came out. Secret of Nim came out. Wow. Um, a lot of genre films. Yeah. I, I think for me... If I, if I like, if get, am I given a list of films of 82 and it's like, you can only keep one. Right. There can be only one. It comes down to two films. Okay. And it comes down to the thing. Uh huh. And it comes down to road warrior. (laughs) That's, that's for me. And I think the thing wins. I I think I like that more. Okay. But that's like picking children. Right. At that point. It's Sophie's choice. Probably easier to do that actually. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, children, if you ever listen to this after I die, I love you all, all equally. Yeah, yeah. You should hear what gets left on the cutting room floor. Um, Okay, so what's interesting is my first inkling, and then again, we haven't talked about this off air, right? but my first inkling was the thing. Really? Yeah. Uh, Yeah, although like, so I'm going again, right? This is subjectivity to its highest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I will also say, I, I think I will look at it from a lens of, if I'm flipping channels, mm. if that was still a thing, yes. If I'm flipping channels and something, I, I'm catching something on midway through. Mm-hmm. I think of the ones that you mentioned, the ones that I would stop and watch would be Road Warrior. Yep. The Thing. Yep. Tron. Yep. Fast Times at Ridgemont High, and yeah. probably First Blood, and probably First Blood. Um, Whew, of yeah. those, I mean, First Blood was. That was and, a big deal. Well, and in so many ways, it, it's one of the first introductions to culture as a whole of this thing called PTSD. Right, right, right. And right. I think, th- and I know we touched on that when we when we did the breakdown on that film, but I, I like that film is special well beyond, it's just the first of a Rambo series, right? Right, right. I think right, it actually right, has right. like a legitimate spot in there. And in my opinion, it's probably the best of, of that franchise. Yeah. Um, 
Good stuff. Tron, no pun intended, but Tron has left a legacy as well, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And I, and I think, well, there's a new Tron video game coming out, I believe, in 2023. And then there was talk, I don't know if it's going to happen or not, but a series on Disney Plus yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there is. But again, this just comes down so to... So crazy. Personal pre- I, I think the thing is about as close to a perfect movie as you can get. It's so good. It's so good. As is Fast Times at Richmond High. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how... And, and and you have Blade Runner just yeah. sitting there where yeah, yeah, everybody yeah. fawns over is the right. greatest thing ever. You, yeah. know, I, you know, E.T. I mean, they all... Yeah. I mean, I had as much fun with Conan the Barbarian as I right. did with like some of the other... It's, right. it's such a crazy year. But if all the chips are on the table and I'm like, I have to pick, I yeah. think I am going with thing yeah. you know and yeah. and if if someone says you can't have it well i'll, I'll pick the road warrior yeah you know and, i will i since you're taking the thing i'll bring some balance and i will go fast times at ridgemont high yeah. third only to citizen kane and <laughs> and probably like um, the godfather yeah the godfather yeah i mean it's it's right up there <laughs> uh, well our next caller is yeah. a very 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 special guest oh uh toby hooper called in anyways <laughs> They're living in the past. This is uh, Toby Hooper. Uh, you probably think Steven Spielberg is holding up cue cards for me to read, but no, I'm actually doing this phone call on my own. I wanted to call and say how much I hated your show, but I just can't do it. You guys are too good, too good together. Uh, so I just listened to The Road Warrior. Loved it. Loved the show. I mean, of course, Devin was the better part. But right. Yes. Even Jeremy was pretty good. I hate to admit it, but no, I just kind of wondering what you guys may maybe thought of what other post-apocalyptic movies or TV shows maybe were influenced by The Road Warrior? Which mm. is your favorite? Mm. Uh, I know, you know, Devin had mentioned something about The Walking Dead. I personally like The Book of Eli, mm. um, although Jeremy probably thinks Joel Silver directed that. But anyway, just curious about <laughs> wow, your guys' thoughts coach. on that, and look forward to hearing from you. Thanks. Wow. Um, so that was not Toby Hooper. It sounded awfully familiar. <laughs> like one of our interns like, is called it. Yeah, like maybe... <laughs> Carl the intern. Um, okay, so he's but he's asking those the best like apocalyptic or post apocalyptic yeah. films that were influenced by the Road Warrior. Yeah, that's tough. I, I'm I'm gonna say um, Beyond Thunderdome. Uh, <laughs> in Fury Road. Thanks for listening. See you later. <laughs> we win. Uh, I got one. Okay, oh. super B movie. Yeah. Um, it's called Doomsday. Okay. Came out in 2008. Yeah. It has, gosh, it's like a virus is like an outbreak has happened in yeah. England. It's, yeah. it's a B action movie, yeah. but like the, the design aesthetic yeah. is so road warrior. Yeah. It's so Mad Max. Yeah. It's like, come on, come on. You're, you just basically made a Mad Max film. Right. And, uh, you know, there's a little bit of a, a car chase in it and, you know, it's in England. It's after, a um, after a big 27 year long quarantine. Yeah. And, wow. And so it, it has a lot of those. It's so design of characters, like some really memorable looking characters. Yeah. The lead is a female lead. I can't remember the actress's name. She was in a lot of B movies and mm-hmm. on TV. Yeah. Um, so doomsday like jumps out as like, Oh, you copied the road warrior. Right. Like, so I would say that is an influence. And then I would say a movie that stands on its own that yes, it is influenced, but as a piece of art, I think it's so good. And it might be the best post apocalyptic film besides the Mad Max films. 
That's Children of Men. Oh, okay. Came out in 2008. Okay. You yeah. had a look on like oh, I was okay. going to say something yeah, else. I totally did because I was <laughs> like, I, he can't. He, no, he doesn't think that that's a good piece of cinema, does he? <laughs> Children okay. of Men, yeah. um, just, my God, it's mm. a phenomenal film. Yeah. Uh, no more babies are born in this world. Yeah. And then a woman gets pregnant and Clive Owen's trying to like protect her yeah. to get her to safety to where she can have this child. Yeah. Um, it has several like one take, like kind of long yeah. sequences right. that are just filmmaking on the technological side are yeah. just stunning. Yeah. And, and so I, I would put that up there as like, yeah. this is amazing. 2006 children of men. If you haven't seen, check it out. Yeah. I will say the first one that I feel is just clearly ripping off the Mad Max world has got to be Waterworld. Yes. Yeah. No, that's a good, yeah. And, and I like, a good pick. I just, here's my memory of that film. It's not even of the film, but I was working, this is in college. I was working at a, at a law firm and the senior partner's father came in and he was, you know, he's like Korea war veteran. And it was just like, yeah, it, it, he, you were never left wondering if he said what he was thinking or not. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And he goes, he had just seen it like the, the weekend before he goes, here's my, here's my question. Got a bunch of people surrounded by water and they're all dirty. <laughs> Why doesn't anyone take a bath? Hey, that's a that's a good question to ask. But people. but here here's my question regarding Waterworld though, because you know Waterworld at the time had some pretty outstanding stunts. And in fact, if you go to at least Universal Studios in California, I don't know if it's the same in Florida or not, right. but they still have their Waterworld stunt spectacular. And to me, Waterworld never really like rose to enough pop cultural status to deserve right. its own. Like right. I, if I take my daughter who's eleven. Even if I took my son who's 28, he's not going to go like, what, what's Waterworld? Like, like you go, you go yeah. on the tram part yeah. and you see Jaws, you know what Jaws is, you know the yeah. psycho, but what, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Am, yeah. am I, am I, am I not seeing the brilliance of Waterworld, Jeremy? <laughs> I think you just have to reach a point where you just embrace the okay. insanity, okay. just embrace yeah. the, the filth. Uh, you know, Waterworld is so, what was the other Costner post apocalypse. Oh, like the postman. postman. Yeah. The postman. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. Yeah. So he he's zero for two in my yeah. opinion. But yeah. but they're kind of so bad they're good yeah. kind of movies. Um. Yeah. The postman. I I got up and left. I just got up <laughs> wow. and walked out with like probably twenty minutes left. Whoa. And I was just like, this is... You made it that far and then just had enough. Movies. I got up and walked out of. Here you go. Okay. I um, I know two of them. <laughs> yes. Three now. Now I know three of them. Postman. Uh, I walked out of, um, oh, what's the name of, oh, uh, Pearl Harbor. I got up oh, and walked out of Pearl yeah. Harbor. I was yeah. like, this is stupid. <laughs> and I just walked, I said it out loud wow. just to let everyone know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, M. Night, um, was it Shia, Sh- Shyamalan, Shyamalan? Um, yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, I, I walked out of one of his films, and I can't, it's called The Happening. I got okay. Up. And now, now in retrospect, I yeah. probably should have stayed because it was so bad. It's good. Yeah. But um, it was like, what am I doing? Wow. What is this? Um, but yeah, I would you know post apocalyptic films. I watched uh, Night of the Comet over the weekend. There you go. Nice, great B movie from yeah. the eighties. Yeah, yeah. It is terrible, but I loved it. <laughs> I absolutely, yeah. absolutely loved it. So. 
that about wraps up our show. And right now, as Devin and I are recording, there's yeah. sirens going off. Do you hear those? <laughs> Is it a siren or so, a vacuum? Well, if it's a vacuum that's incredible it, uh, it is a vacuum oh it's the, i thought the cleaning crew is I right thought, outside the studio i thought we needed to go it was like into you, the nuclear bunker yes you thought it was like <laughs> air raid siren it's like, what? oh yeah. my gosh so if you pick that up it yeah. is not the end of the world it is um it's just a vacuum okay but, but, but wait Where, i know, oh, I know, oh, you, want, I know yes. you want to land the plane though but i don't I feel do. like we got to the listener's question though so i mean what is the like the best post post apocalyptic film oh <sighs> That's hard. I yeah. because oh, all right, let's take the Mad Max films off the board. Fair enough. Because that's clearly like Yeah. Um Children of Men would be up there for me. Okay. Like I would I would put that up and say this is a film worth considering as yeah. being one of the best post apocalyptic yeah. films. Um there there's a lot that you could include that are before or around the time of Mad Max. Yeah. Um, I would talk about, do you throw in like Terminator, Terminator two into that? Yeah. Yeah. I think like you have to be just for their cultural impact. Right. I I would definitely say, yeah, I think you have to do Terminator. Yeah. So that's up there. Yeah. Um, old school, like the Omega man. Yeah. Which I think I am legend is sort of a remake of has Charlton Omega man has Charlton Heston. Um, escape from New York, escape from New York. Yeah. Yeah. Think so. Early eighties, I th- yeah. You got to go Carpenter's Escape from New York, right? You gotta you gotta throw in um, the Terminator films by Cameron. I think so. Like, I, I think you have to. As much as I dislike James Cameron, yeah. um, but but here here's I think the one that had the most influence on me. Even though it's 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 stretching it back beyond kind of our eighties window, and I yeah. think the Planet of the Apes, man. Oh yeah, I think like the, you know those totally. are early mid seventies, totally. but I think that like those had tremendous impact on the genre. Yeah, without question. Yeah, and even the remakes or yeah. the reimagining yeah. of it, like yeah. those are all like yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, and we have another films. one coming out. I think so. Yeah, like it's so crazy. <laughs> How many apes movies do nah, we need? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, and and uh, yeah, Escape from New York. I need to go revisit that. We might have to do that on yeah. the show. I want to ask you this though. Yeah, because I I. Here's another like apocalyptic slash post-apocalyptic film that had tremendous impact that I distinctly remember like kids talking about the next day. And it was actually made for TV film mm. the day after. Yeah. I that think, That's a pretty. It's not that great of a film per se, but if you were alive at that time. You remembered it. Yeah. You and, remembered it and it scared you. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, you know, with. With all of our post-apocalyptic kind of rhetoric right now, right. like it's like, <laughs> yeah, like can we even watch these and have fun? Right, like, it's yeah. just so weird. Yeah, this is true. I would throw in Dawn of the Dead for sure. You That's know, the one in the mall, right? It's the one yeah. in the mall, That's the seventies yeah. one. Yeah, Not, there's a remake by Zack Snyder. It came yeah. out like early two thousands, but which is fine. But yeah. um, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead's good. Yeah. Like. But Dawn of the Dead is really special. That's came out in seventy eight. Yeah. So um yeah, those are I would there's like a good like group of like eight there to are. ten. There you are. know, that yeah. you can you can say the watch these and you're you've seen the best. Right. You know. There's so. another one and this kind of goes back to Tessa's question at the top of yeah. the show, bringing in foreign films. I I wanna say it's called like Letters of a Dead Man or something oh, like wow. that. No, I and seen I that. believe it's is it it's it's Eastern European based, but basically right. apocalypse happens, and and this father 
who happens to be a history teacher. Yeah. The society is now like living in these underground bunkers and he's writing a series of letters to his son that will never wow. be received. Wow. And so it's like, if you're looking for something that's like, just want to like depress the hell out of you yeah, because yeah, you're yeah. feeling like too good of a mood right. and you want to bring yourself down a little bit. Right. That's a great way to go. Yeah. I think that's a, I, that's really interesting. Maybe as you were talking, it made me think of a series of books mm. written by a guy named Hugh Howley, H O W L E Y. He wrote a book called wool. Um, mm. And when I discovered it, he was writing them as like almost like, borderline short story novella kind of okay. and then yeah. they all formed this novel called wool okay he's gone on to write some prequels i think the prequel is called silo or something like that but if you like if you want to delve into like the literature world of yeah. post-apocalyptic films that's a great one another one to read more for just like wow that's how people thought about it mm. Uh, it's written by neville shoot it's called on the beach mm. and it, it was a, a movie was made with uh, Ava Gardner, and then I think um, Frank Sinatra's in it. I okay. think I'd okay. have to go back, but yeah. like, yeah, um, William Holden might be in it. But wow. anyways, it, it was a real popular movie, popular book, but it was a really influential book when it came out. Yeah, because it came out in the fifties. It was right okay. at the time of the like, just we were terrified of a, right. a nuclear annihilation. Rightly so, I might add. And yeah, yeah. and uh, and that book had left a big impression on me when I read it, and I read it when I was a kid yeah. in the 80s. So, wow. Um, so that's something too. But um, yeah, it's interesting to like think about these post-apocalyptic films and stories in the time that we live in. Right. You know, and it's, I don't know. It, yes, it's entertainment, it's fun, but like it's odd because we're, for the first time in a while since yeah. the Cold War, we're really talking about, right. oh, like this guy might use ta tactical right. nuclear weapons right. on a sovereign nation. Right. Well, okay, let's let's consider that right. and uh, what that might mean or do. So on that uplifting yes. and, and beautiful note, hey, let us know what you think. Send in your questions for Be Kind Rewind, 831-337-8020. Uh, and we can't thank our patrons enough. Uh, Tessa, Abby, Trevor, Travis, and Dave, you guys are amazing. And, uh, we, we have a few good things coming up. Uh, right now we are working on our year three slate of films, but the next one we're going to be doing on this show for you guys is Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. So, yeah. Bram Stoker's That's Dracula. a great film. Yeah. It's going to be fun to go revisit and uh it was real cheap on amazon i found it for four bucks or something. wow so i was like yeah instead of renting it i'll just just it. buy that sucker yeah so we got that coming up and then our beacon rewind one of our big topics is best vampires in film and tv plus our calls from our listeners love so, it so that's what we got coming up listeners thanks so much and we'll see you in a week <laughs>